Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael and we are here tonight for another episode of our The Sample Adventures. This is a newer series that we've been doing recently where we kind of explore, kick the tires, if you will, on various city settings or systems through the sample adventure that is included either in like the core rule book or an adventure guide, a setting guide, or in like tonight's case, a quick start. So we are going to be playing Blue Rose, which is a romantic fantasy game. I, the most close association I have to it is like the Mercedes Lackey books, the Heralds of Valdemar series, which I absolutely love. This is the second edition of the rules that were released by Green Ronin, and it uses the Fantasy Age game engine. I think it's called the, is it Adventure Game yeah, Engine? Yeah, the Adventure the Game Engine or Age System. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So that's what we are going to be playing tonight. So again, my name is Michael, and I will be playing a character named Malachi, who is an adept. He goes by Mal to his friends, and I'm going to assume these other two yahoos are, are friends of mine. Uh, Kaylee, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself and your character, please? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Kaylee. I go with she, her pronouns. And I am currently playing Chaya. Chaya is a rye badger. She is a grumpy old rye badger who has seen many dark things about the two legs, but holds out hope that someday they'll grow up and do good things in the world. But uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar with the system, rye animals are part of this world. They are they're the, uh, for better or worse, the awakened beasts of the world. So they are fully human, equal, intelligent, or not thereof, depending. And almost all of them have some sort of psychic ability, and that is how they communicate with other people. And then joining us tonight, first time I had the chance to play with uh, them on the stream is Christine. I'm Christine, and tonight I'm playing Ortelia Dolbrook, and she is a human warrior from the matriarchy of Lartian. So... It's from a country far to the west, actually, of Aldis, which is the main setting for the game world. Fantastic. And then leading us tonight as our narrator or game master is Kevin. Kevin, say hello to everyone and kind of just kick off the game however you normally would. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, as Michael said, I am Kevin. I've been here on the RPG Academy before, uh, playing mostly and done some of the uh, detention episodes. So I'm happy to be here and be running something. And we're going to show off Blue Rose, which, as Michael said, is a game that utilizes the adventure game engine from Green Ronin Publishing. It's a really cool game. Age is actually my favorite system to play. So although this is my first time playing and running Blue Rose, I'm very familiar with the system. So I'm excited to see the romantic aspect of it. And since this is a romantic fantasy, uh, basically what we're looking for is the characters and heroes within our story tonight are going to be virtuous, good people who are very in tune with nature and the world around them. They are trying to do the good thing. They are chivalrous and noble. Uh, we're not seeing anti-heroes or people with chips on their shoulders here. This is a group that are good, wholesome people, and they are trying to help those in need. And that's really one of the cornerstones of romantic fantasy. Our adventure tonight is going to take place in the world of Aldea, which uh, it specifically has one of the capital cities is Aldis. Aldis is a realm of strong passions that are married to equally strong ethics. So we will be exemplifying that through our characters. Uh, specifically, our adventure is going to start with our three heroes wandering down through the wooded pass of a section of the world that is actually outside of the more civilized sections of Aldis. They are going to be passing their way through the green wood. And when we 
come in to see our characters, there is a bright, beautiful day. There is bird song that greets us as sun streams down through the leaves of the canopy above. The forest here is tranquil and calm, and our three characters have been adventuring together for some time. They are close friends and companions, uh, a family, as it were, of adventurers who have braved other quests before. We are playing with the age system, so we will be using the same specific uh, rules that all of the age products use, which is basically to do any sort of task resolution, our characters are going to roll 3d6, one of which is going to be a different color than the other two. They're going to roll these three, add them together, and the die that is the other color is designated as their stunt die. Uh, if there's doubles rolled on any of the three dice, including the stunt die, they are going to generate stunt points where they could do really cool, over-the-top, cinematic-type stuff, which we'll see as play continues. So, as the three of you walk through the wood, um, it's a brisk day in Pavin Wood here, as you travel along, and the wind is blowing down a very nice, warm, gentle breeze that brings you all a bit of a sense of calm tranquility, as I mentioned. In the wood here, uh, you three have been through the wood before, and you're very familiar with its uh, trappings and its uh, different paths, so this isn't a place that is bringing any sort of danger to you at all. But as you walk along, we get a glimpse of the camaraderie that the three of you have. So let's take a moment, if we could, as our attention is drawn to the three of you. The first that we see is actually going to be Christine's character. Christine, if you could, tell us what do we see when we see Ortelia as our vision focuses on the three. Well, Ortelia is a middle-aged woman. Um, she's has long brown hair, very tan, deep tan skin, and dark eyes, which is very common of her cast in uh, Lartian. She is also very definitely a warrior. She has a strong build. She has a longbow across her back, and she has hatch a set of hatchets and a longsword on her belt. She's very confident, and but is very relaxed in the company of her companions. And the next of your companions is a very different sight to you, indeed, being one of the Raiden, which are, in fact, as Kaylee already mentioned, sapient animals that have been semi-awakened. They have psychic connection to the world around them, and they actually are, although a little bit bigger than normal animals, they still are animals, indeed. So these aren't anthropomorphic, you know, Winnie the Pooh type people. These are actual animals of a larger variety, which shows the true connection to the land of the romantic fantasy. So when we see Chaya, uh, what exactly are they doing in this moment? And uh, what do we notice about them? Chaya is uh, a large, very heavy set badger. Uh, the classic badger look, not like Sonic the, the Hedgehog type badger, but uh, more like a Wisconsin badger. The, the gray body that is about four feet long, uh, but it's her entire body is thick with muscle under the fur. She has the black stripe markings down the top, but they're fading a little bit more and there's a little gray around the muzzle. And as she kind of trudges along beside the two, there's an almost unceasing litany in both of their minds of grumbling and growling. Of, Long legs. Just, you have to, why are you walking so fast? You don't need to walk that fast. Some of us have shorter legs than you do and you don't need to be 
so why are we in a hurry this is not it, just this <laughs> constant they've been ignoring it for hours now but mm -hmm. it's this litany of almost not even really vocalized because chaya cannot vocalize except for normal badger noises but it's just ongoing complaint stream that they're very well used to at this point Bringing up the rear of this trio of friends is, in fact, our third and final adventurer this evening. Michael, if you could tell us a little bit about Malachi and how he carries himself and how he approaches the scenario today. So I just want to start by saying that even though I've, I love the Mercedes Lackey's books, I have not read the Blue Rose book. So anything I get wrong about my character is just my ignorance. Uh, but Malachi is probably late 20s, early 30s. Uh, fairly well fit, so he is a mage, so he's not necessarily muscular, but he's also, you know, keeps in shape. Um, his skin has a bit of a darker hue to it, and his hair is very dark to the point it's almost like a blue, like his hair is so black it's blue. And all my clothing matches that and my eyes spectacularly. Like, I look amazing. I carry, well, I actually use like a walking staff, and every now and then you might notice like a certain step that maybe you get the idea that maybe I need that for support. Uh, maybe an old injury of some sort. It's not very apparent, but if you watch him long enough, you'll see that. A huge smile on my face. I love being in the woods. I love being with my friends. And I'm just using like bird call whistles. I'm just, you know, and I'm just matching the bird song. Every now and then a bird will actually come out and like land on my finger. And, and even though we're not actually talking, though I do have that ability to do that, we're just sort of whistling to each other. It's not like I'm a Disney princess or a situation. And yeah, the, as I mentioned, the bird song around you all envelops you, it uh, draws you in, and there's not a problem in the world that you all have as you've taken the beauty and the majestic splendor of Pavin Wood. Up ahead, however, as you continue your journey, which so far has been rather uneventful, you ran into a couple of fellow travelers a couple of hours ago as you've been walking through, but now that you are deeper within the wood, it is going to be more naturalistic here. You don't have a lot of foot traffic, as it were. So you all notice in unison that a ways up ahead, there is a large animal that begins to step up out of some nearby brush just off the side of the road. As you see the creature come into the light uh, streaming from above, you see that they are a larger-than-normal wolf. They have grayish-white fur that is majestic all over their form. They have a deep, piercing, yellowish-green tint to their eye. As they look around, they see the three of you specifically, and they wait for a moment. And as you draw nearer, they stop, and they actually sit down on the road, uh, regarding your gradual approach, almost as if they're waiting for you to come closer. Clearly, this is, this is no ordinary animal. Uh, you can tell instinctively, Chaya, that this is a rye wolf. You can just tell by the size the way it carries itself, that it has a little bit more of an intelligence than a normal wolf. What would you three like to do with this? The grumpy uh, rambling cuts off. It's like, uh, yeah. uh, nobody I know. Uh, it's just, just because I'm old doesn't mean I know everybody in the world. But Oh, but you're the one that can check in with them. So I mean, you can check in with them, too, if you were a little more open-minded. And Chaya uh, will actually reach out with psychic contact and do the equivalent of the polite knock that is, hey, can I talk to you brain to brain? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Let's go ahead, let's uh, make our first roll of the evening. If we could, Chaya, let's have you go ahead and roll. Uh, go ahead and give me a... Um, communication psychic? Yeah, communication, you know what, that's even better. 
communication psychic for me, please. So you're going to roll those 3d6. You're going to add those up. You're going to add your score in communication. If you have the focus of psychic, you add a plus two to your roll. I do not. Okay. Now, one thing I do not remember, because it has been almost two years since I played this. Do I add all three dice together or just the two dice, not counting the stunt die? All three. You're going to add all three together. Okay. Yep. And then whatever the off-color one is will be the stunt die. Uh, that part total, I remember. If it's going to be doubles and matches the target number. So totally, is, total is a 15, which is okay. really good. And I did get double four with four on the stunt die. Okay, perfect, perfect. So that would generate four stunt points. Stunt points are used in different scenarios, whether they be social encounters, exploration encounters, investigation encounters, and of course, combat or spell magic type of abilities to do additional effects. Um, I think because right now you all just kind of are approaching this wolf, they don't seem to have any sort of hostile intent. You're going to very easily see that they, as you call out to them, that you can feel that they welcome your greeting. They issue a similar greeting, and there is that psychic connection where almost as if without words, uh, images that you kind of see flash a bit. The wolf greets you as well and uh, beckons the three of you to come forward uh, pleadingly as if uh, they are looking for help. I'll read this to my companions, and for my stunt points, if you don't mind, I will spend all four on exciting opportunity. Your action impresses or inspires an NPC in the encounter. Uh, while there's no immediate effect, this may lead to some important group or character offering you future patronage, membership of an exclusive organization. Uh, obviously, I, I, my wonderful, <sighs> experienced mind is just captivating to this Rywolf. <laughs> of course, of course. Do the three of you approach, or do you do anything else? What else? Try heads do? forward. Oh yeah, I'm definitely approaching, nodding. Mal has some similar abilities, but I'm going to let uh, Chaya take the, the lead and just kind of let them relay back to me. Uh, but I will send the bird off its own. And I'm not aggressively, but I'm looking around just to see if there's something else going on that maybe hasn't become apparent yet. So as the three of you approach, this wolf actually stands up now. It does a bit of a bow, I guess you could say, as it leans down, lowers its head for a moment before riding itself. And you now in a closer proximity... Chaya, you get a psychic actual language. The wolf actually communicates with you. Um, so you will have to, of course, relay this information to your allies because unless the wolf is directly communicating to them as a rye animal, um, mm -hmm. you will have to translate it, I guess you could say. The connection doesn't quite work that way. But, yeah. well met, traveler. I am Frostwind, and these woods are my home, he says, looking around. I mean no harm to you or to your companions, I merely wish to speak with you, and, if you're willing to hear me out, I'll ask you a small bit of a favor. I have no means by which to repay the three of you for the request, save my gratitude and friendship. I am impressed with your loyal countenance, and I would like to offer you a bit of a guide through this forest, if you are in need of that as well. But, nonetheless, I hope you will listen, and uh, I believe that a life, or perhaps more than one life, hang in the balance of my words, if you would heed them. Chaya, like, approaches the wolf as they begin to speak and sits down, uh, kind of mirroring with with their head the, the bow, and listens to the wolf's uh, speech. And what the other two hear is, okay, and this is not relayed to the wolf, uh, the, the 
Wolf wants us to help him with something. Uh, somebody's in trouble or something. He's got no money to pay us, but it'd be a good deed. And I mean, that's what you what you people like to do, right? So we should probably help him. Well, it's a Raiden. Raiden, we should be assisting. And these are his woods, so he hangs out here. It's never a bad thing to make an ally amongst an area you're not familiar with. Oh, and he said he could give us some guidance too. So there's, there's, there is that. Oh, that would be wonderful. Mal has a big smile on his face. This is like a quest from a storybook. This is amazing. Someday, Mal, we're actually going to find something that doesn't make you happy. Challenge accepted. Chaya turns back to the wolf thing. My boon companions are interested in helping. It took a little convincing, but they are stout of heart for two legs. Excellent. He sits back down on the side of the road. Uh, he motions with his head for maybe the three of you to step off the road. You can see that out of the brush that he stepped out of, there's a couple of logs and different stumps here that could be easily make for chairs uh, if you want to sit and rest your weary feet for a while. You've been traveling for some time, so that might be to your benefit. Mal will take a seat and stretch out his left leg a little bit, kind of like as if it's a bit stiff. Definitely take a seat. Still keeping an eye on the surrounding area, just force of habit but sure yeah i think that's perfectly fine yeah <laughs> frostwood looks up to the three of you and he says my friend Greymane, uh, recently came to me with some troubling news while wandering close to the nearby village for indeed closer than probably was wise she stumbled across a human youth who was gathering mushrooms she said that the boy had a furtive wounded look, almost as if he had been wounded in his spirit rather than his physical form. She believes that she felt the stirrings of the ribond within him. When she attempted to draw nearer, an older human with a stick came out and chased her away under threat of violence. They grabbed the boy and, yelling quite furiously, ran off into the wood back towards the nearby town. She ran. She was frightened by the sheer violence at display of this man. And since then, after she returned, she got her bearings about her. She told me that she was troubled and restless in the days after. I suspected that she wanted to go back in search of the young human, but I counseled her against this for the fear of additional violence or perhaps danger from the nearby town. You see... We wolves are the sorts of animal that a town like that would perhaps think are being hostile towards their livestock, so I told her it was the best case to simply venture back. But she typically heeds my advice, but I have not seen or scented her in several days since then. I believe she returned to look for the boy. I would go to look myself— as I said, but we would be drawing upon hostility from the town, them thinking that perhaps we are, again, a danger. The three of you, perhaps, could look in upon this and try to locate the boy or my friend to make sure that no harm has befell them. I fear the worst. So I ask you three kindly, would you be willing to go to the village and try to find out what has become of my friend Greymane? Let me, uh, let me, let me run this by the group here. I, I don't see any problem, but you know how two legs are sometimes. <laughs> and Chaya kind of switches channels, these two. Okay, so I forgot his name already. It's Frosty something or other. But 
he has this friend who's also a wolf named Greymane. And I think that there was a kind of a nascent rye bond forming with this brat from a neighboring town. And the brat's parents came along, got all angry, shook sticks at Greymane, ran her off. And while Frosty here told them not to go back, well, you know, rye bonds are hard to say no to. Uh, so they, he thinks Greymane went back. So we need to kind of go and investigate, maybe find Greymane or find this kid, maybe get them together and just like teach these people that rye wolves aren't just dumb beasts that are going to slaughter all their, uh, all their cattle. It's just, it's not how this works. It's, it's uh, people. Ugh. Are you, are you guys in? Is that, oh, is that cool? Definitely. Yes, of course. Okay. Well, now, Michael knows exactly what Rob Bonds, of course, but Malachi perhaps does not. So would someone like to educate him? Mm-hmm. I was just going to make note of that. Uh, I think, Chaya, you, of course, being one of the ride in one of these animals that are sapient like this, you know what one is. You've heard of them before. I have um, one. It, you Yes, and exactly. You have one with uh, a, an ally who is not part of the adventuring group today. Um, the other two of you, you may have heard of it. You could, if you would like to, make an intelligence arcane lore or an intelligence natural lore to perhaps get an idea of what you might know about it. I probably have a decent shot. My spouse was actually a, uh, according to the history, was a uh, Alden emissary. Oh. Ooh. Well. So just to, again, remind myself of the rules. So my intelligence score is a number. Yes. But within the intelligence, I have like the focus. And if I have a focus that matches, that's an additional plus two. That's correct. That's like invisibly added to that total. That's right. Yeah. So the 3d6, add them all together. Uh, You're going to add your intelligence and you're going to add the two if you have the focus in either arcane lore or natural lore. Yep. Okay. Otherwise, just take the regular intelligence number. So I have a 13 total and I have stump points if it matters. So 13, I think, Christine, you said you had 12? 12. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you both have heard of Rybons before. What happens is sometimes in nature, certain Rydan actually have an inherent connection to non-Rydan Rydan animals. Uh, basically, it uh, could be a human, it could be a member of another race, and what they have is they form an inherent bond with them, a friendship, a kindred ship that goes far beyond just a normal friendship. Uh, so basically, uh, what's going on here is it seems like this wolf has an inherent connection with this human, instantly feels bonded and connected and friendly towards them, uh, a companion, as it were, and they are wanted to return to them. And uh, it's something that is very, uh, this is like old magic of some sort. Like this is something that is very deep. Uh, this isn't uh, something that's fleeting. This is a very serious bond, as it were. Yeah, if anybody's read the uh, Valdemar series, it's like a companion bond. Um, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, and uh, Chaya does have a rye bond with uh, another PC who is not here, Michael. And uh, I, I, in my head, that's where we're actually heading. Uh, and part of the trip has been uh, Chaya's unceasing questions to Ortelia about uh, her intentions towards Michael. Um, almost grilling, but never going beyond like <laughs> polite inquiry. Yeah, is it pretty understood that maybe common folk are, aren't as educated around this and they may not understand or even know of these bonds? It depends yeah, so. on where they come from culturally. Okay. 
Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, there are areas where people think that the Rydan animals are dangerous or suspicious or up to trickery. Um, but people who know the truth know that they are just kind and regular folks, just like everyone else. So, yeah, this sounds like a wonderful time. Ortelia, how about you? Oh, I was in the minute you said possible Rybond. This is something we have to protect. All right. Yeah, noted. Okay. And uh, I changed channels back. Yes, I've convinced them and they are happy to help. Yes, excellent. I, I am truly grateful, friends. I can lead you towards the area where the village is. Again, I do not wish to get any closer than I need to, but I can take you through the forest so that you know and find the way directly. Uh, is there any questions that you might have for me as we walk along? I Again, I am versed in the woods and how the things go on here, and I can perhaps give you insight. Um, I'll relay those questions without all the snippy commentary. <laughs> so again, this is for Michael. So Grey Wind or Grey Mane is the wolf and they are now missing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the young boy was probably back in the village. So, okay. Yeah. Then I, I would just ask, is, is there a quicker way? Like, do you know Pass of the Forest or should we just continue along the road? Like, what is the fastest way to get to the town? Yes, if you are willing to keep up, I know paths through the forest that would get us there quicker, and it would not take quite as long as going through the road, which would take at least the rest of the day. I can get us there in just a few short hours, and we can get there with time to spare. We'll give you time to perhaps rest if you need it, and to ask about inquiries there. I will look to my companions. The Traveling through the woods directly would be a little bit more tough on me, but I actually have an ability called enhancement I could use to like enhance my dexterity to make it easier with my legs. So if they are willing to do it, I'm willing to do that so I can keep up. Whatever works best for you. Up to you. It's an adventure. I say we adventure. All right. <laughs> so, all right. More, maybe more birds will come and, you know, perch on your <laughs> fingers and make you even happier. So I'm making a willpower test. Uh, no stunt points, but I rolled really well. 16. That is really which well. gives me a plus two to my dexterity, which make it a four. So I've basically given myself this leg wound. So I've now counteracted this role play thing I gave myself. So <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> it's always good to just pull the rug out from under yourself, Michael. Very good. No. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So oh yeah. So the three of you, dude, you follow. Uh, Frostwind into the forest proper. You can start going into the foliage, and there are is a bit of a winding path that juts back and forth between different areas of it. But it's not dangerous. It's just the way the forest is. It's natural overgrowth here. You can see the Frostwind is very respectful of not making sure not to break any branches or knock anything down. Nature is you know reserved and uh, revered in this area, so he's making sure to do that. And I'll do my best, but I ain't promising. Oh, always follow the lead of the Raiden. There we go. So you travel for some hours, uh, about an hour and a half, roughly. You guys make good time because you're all very fleet of foot. And you are, again, experienced adventurers who know how to travel in the wooded areas. As you continue along, you can see that part of the wood begins to thin out. And just past it, you can see that there is actually a bit of an outline of some houses that are here a small little settlement type structure that begins to give way to a larger village you can see that there is a sign just on the outskirts of this village that marks it as the village of red briar 
you can see that there are locals that are moving and milling about in different activities that locals would in a town like this. You can see that there are people who are carrying uh, different, you know, uh, barley and wheat and things like this that they have harvested. You can see other people nearby are working on goods, maybe perhaps for taking to a different village for sale. You can see there's even people that are, you know, looking after their children as they run and play and frolic in the center of the town square. Um, you can see that there's smoke houses that are about too. There's a, a really tasty and delightful smell of uh, smoking meats that assails the three of you. And you realize that it's been most of the day since you've eaten. So perhaps that might be something to look into as well. But you can see, though, that although all these people are going about their business and enjoying their lives out here, there is a little bit of an unease, uh, a pall of... I don't want to say darkness because that's not quite what it is, but just a certain level of worry that's over everyone as you begin to approach. And as you approach in, you see that further into the center of the town, there seems to be some sort of commotion, some sort of hubbub. And as you begin to step towards it, uh, Frostwind will actually say, I will take my leave of you here. I will return to the forest, please. If you need anything, I will be just back there with the trees part, and I will be waiting for you. I will give you any sort of other information that you might need. And I wish to thank you again, friends. Thank you so very much for helping my friend in this manner. We'll we'll do our best to try and find him, and I, I will I will shout if we need more information. He bows. So, you know, he bow again. This way. <laughs> he says thank you, uh, and he'll be nearby if we need help. Excellent. The village seems quite lively, but I notice a strange sort of malaise or pall. Well, there's the a commotion. There's a commotion going on over there. I think that's probably the best place, place to, to start. start. Okay. Um, how do you all approach it? Do you just go right in there? Do you have a sort of way you approach new towns? I, well, walk me through this. I, you know, I was going to ask since this village, like we're making some assumptions now that perhaps they don't understand the Rybon. How are they going to feel about an oversized badger hanging out with us? Like, is that cool or should we like? I was actually going to ask since I've traveled a lot since I originally come from farther out islands. Can I tell from you know the dress, the style of building, where these folks are? Would their ancestry would come from, like if they're from a particular other country other than Aldis. Mm, yeah, I see. Um, I think initially you could definitely tell that they are from Aldis, uh, but if you'd like to, you could perhaps do an intelligence cultural lore check to maybe see if uh, there's maybe sort of other information that you might glean. There's nothing on the initial glance that marks them as strangers to this land, though. Um, 12 with doubles. 12 with doubles. Okay. You can definitely tell that, yeah, they're definitely all this, but it seems to be that it's uh, a few generations removed from maybe some other area. There's just enough of the way the houses are built that looks a little bit off. Uh, it's not concerning. It just looks a little bit different, something that you guys weren't expecting. But it doesn't seem to be anything that's out of the ordinary other than just a little bit of, you know, the shingles might be cut differently or the, the windows might have a different type of trim on them that really doesn't quite fit this area. So nothing, nothing worrisome, I guess you could say. I don't see anything that would be immediately negative out Raiden, but this is all just there's so many different people here there could be some people that have have something against Raiden or just don't understand them well 
we'll have to deal with them one way or the other. This is true. Uh, whatever that is in the smokehouse, though, smells delicious. We should definitely get some of that. Yes, that's high on the list. Mm-hmm. All right, and then one more question for Kevin. Uh, so I have some abilities, psychic abilities, both with animals and people. I know I can make contact and read surface thoughts. Again, not don't know the Blue Rose very well, but from like the Valdemar series, it's generally kind of looked down upon to do that unless it's like a dangerous situation. So is it like cool for me to start reading people's minds or should I not do that? Um, I think inherently, you know, kind of getting an idea of people's surface thoughts or emotions isn't necessarily a problem. I, you could maybe say that trying to fully probe into someone's mind and maybe even trying to control their mind would be dangerous, but you don't really do it that way. You just do it to have a way to get a better grasp of dealing with people. Um, Typically, the the ride in in this area and people having type of that psychic connection is not frowned upon. It's not like it's uh, it's not going to make you a pariah of the town or anything like that. Okay. So, all right. Well, I'll still I'll refrain for now, and we'll see if that changes. Okay. So let us approach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you begin to approach, you can see that some of the townsfolk, as I mentioned, are looking towards the center of town where there seems to be a commotion of some sort. And as the three of you draw ever closer, you can see that there is a tall, kind of gaunt-looking man. He's got kind of unkept hair, very long, bushy sideburns. He's thin, uh, very tall, thin, uh, and he's basically... He's got a walking stick, and you can tell by the way that he carries himself. He's Although he's wiry, he's got an athletic type of build to him. So although he has this walking stick, he doesn't seem to need it to walk. He just has it as an affectation. Uh, he's shaking the cane towards this woman who is dark complexion. She has long uh, hair that has like a luster to it. She's got a little bit of some wraps across her forehead. Just a headband type of situation. Nothing that's, She's not wounded or anything like that. But she has a matronly kind of approach to her. She is very, um, she looks like somebody who would be somebody in charge, I guess you could say. Um, the man shakes the stick and he says, You're going to find what happened to my boy. That creature came in the town and took him out of here, and I won't stand for it. You, I can't expect you to have me be so calm when my child was taken by one of those strange beasts from the forest. And she says to him, Now, Jatos... I know I have said it a million times, but Marcus has disappeared. We do not know why, but we need to stay calm and make sure that we are in control so that we handle this properly. We need to explore all options. I feel for you, I truly do, but we will get him safe and sound to come home, but you need to... I'm not going to do anything, he says, and he starts storming around, and you can see this man is just really just out of sorts. Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure since we have an open uh, mental link to um, Chaya, like, I think we found them. <laughs> yeah, and we found the most exemplary example of humanity that could mm-hmm. ever walk all this. I mean, just. It sounds like the boy's missing. Mm-hmm. So have they run off to try to find their wolf? Or are they Graymane found the kid, then, well, they probably are being, dealing with the Rybon right now. So or they maybe hold up somewhere nearby. Hopefully. But this is also the woods, and there can be bandits and all sorts of other things. So maybe you should do, you should try that two leg thing where you talk to them and get more information. <laughs> so, again, I have the ability to calm people. 
And I feel like maybe uh, dad here might be a, a good target for that one. So how about I work on that while uh, Ortelia speaks to the, the matronly woman? Who might... I'm going to go to speak with the head woman. Yeah, and I'll go talk to dad. Okay. As the two of you approach, you see that suddenly dad turns his attention. Who are you two? What do you think you're doing approaching? What is going Are you? Wait a minute. You're strangers here. Are you some actual adventurers who are going to come and find my boy? People here in the town are not doing anything to help me. Perhaps you could, though. Yes, yes, you look like you've been about the woods. You have a bit of a dirt and soot about you. He says, looking at you, Mal. So I will give him a big smile. I'll kind of flourish my cloak and give him a bow. Uh, Malachi Baldrick, at your service. And I, of course, will pledge my service to protecting your boy. That is my primary concern here. Well, someone's speaking some sense around here. Who might you be? Yeah, I'll sort of open, I'll let you introduce yourself, but I'll sort of, oh, like, you know. Gesture. Vanna White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I'm Ortelia Dolbrook, and I was just going to speak to the head woman here and see what's going on, if she can inform me of what the situation has been. So I'll try to, like, corral dad and, like, sort of move them away so that we can each have private conversations. Um, and then I will open my psychic link. I guess it's always open to Chaya just so that Chaya basically is included in the conversation. If they have questions they want me to ask or insight, I can, you know, put it into the conversation seamlessly, of course. Right. Chaya is going to attempt to uh, remain unnoticed mm -hmm. uh, and possibly uh, find out what that smell is. Ah. Pay no attention to the badger over there. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty, so um, let's go ahead and we'll start with you, Mal. So as you approach the gentleman, you pull him aside. Yeah, again, he is worked up. You can tell uh, there is just, you know, rage billowing out of this man. You could tell, he says to you, again, deal with this woman. She's in charge of the town, but she has no brains about her. I've told her time and time again, my son just wouldn't run off. He's an obedient, good lad. He knows his place. He knows I need him at home. I need his help bringing in the goods, the, the, the crops. He knows not to run off. I tell you, it was that darned creature. It came here, it absconded with him, ran off into the wood with him. I'd have all those beasts. Right, so yeah, so I'm going to attempt to make a psychic there. contact and then use my calm ability to, to bring them down. Okay. Okay. So it looks like a psychic contact is a minor action, which I can do. But then once I have that connection, assume they don't oppose it, uh, I can use the calm action. So psychic connection, minor action, the TN is seven or greater based on familiarity. And I'm looking at the chart and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The modifier is zero if they're present. And then it goes up if they're like, very familiar or somewhat familiar. Sure. Basically, the further away you are, the light least familiar you are with them, the harder it is. Yeah. So if you're like face to face with someone, it's easier than if they're like in another city. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was because I wasn't sure if the like almost feel like the the wording familiar is a bad word to use there. It should be more like how close we are in proximity. Well, rather there, than there's two pieces to it. Because it, it depends on how well you know the other person, but also physical proximity. Right. So that's why, I'm, again, I'm having a hard time because the yeah, present means it plus zero, but like slightly familiar, I don't really know this dude. So is it the plus zero present or is it the plus seven 
or plus 10 slightly familiar because I was like, I have, I'm on both sides of that mm-hmm. spectrum here. You can have because different... it's seven plus whatever modifiers you think it deserves. Right. There's basically different factors that can all apply a uh, stack, as it were. You can add on to the difficulty of the target number to try to make sure that this happens. Um, I think right now, because yeah, you are coming into here. You have you you know you're strangers to this town. You can tell he's a bit hostile. So although it starts at seven, I think we're just going to make this a nine because he's already a little bit difficult. So you have to roll uh, basically nine or higher to succeed. Okay. Yeah, I got. 14 oh, okay. for the psychic contact. Okay. Um, so, no stunt points. Uh, and then once I have that, I can use it's a major action to do the calming, which is an opposed roll against their willpower slash self discipline. Okay. I'm also rolling the 3d6. Going to add together plus. Okay. That's going to give me a total of 11. So I got a 19. Okay. But no stunt points. Okay. So you reach out by beating the target number. The ability works. Uh, you feel the flow of the arcana, the magics, I guess you could say, channel through you. You connect with the man's mind, his spirit, as it were. There's a bit of a calming presence that you kind of just slowly ease into him. And there's a moment where he continues his rant. I told her that it was... Oh. I just... Oh. He just kind of gets a hold of himself. You see, he wrings his hands together. Oh. You know... Oh, I'm glad I have somebody to vent to. You know, you're a, you're a fellow traveler, and you know you seem to be somebody who you know understands what I'm saying here. So, just you know what? Thanks for just letting me speak to you for a moment. I uh, feel better already. Of course, but... yeah. When you're nervous, I'm sure you're concerned about your child. You want nothing but the best for them, and and they're they're gone, and you're worried, and you're wanting more help than you get. I can clearly understand you're being upset, but these people are wanting to help you as am I, my companion. So why don't I get some additional information and, and we will certainly look for your son. Uh, so I go through like, you know, what's your name? What's the boy's name? Is there a partner, a, a wife in the picture? Uh, any places they like to hang out? Like, is there a cool rock by the river that they go to sometimes? So just trying to get all the information I can, uh, specifically like the name and if there's have any known like hangout places. Right. Yeah. So this gentleman tells you uh, that his name is Yatos Yurtano, and he basically is a, a local here. Uh, his son is a young man whose name is is uh, Marcus, and he tells you that the boy is approaching his 10th summer, so he's relatively young. He would know that he, you know, he's smart enough to know not to venture out, to go out into the woods. The woods can be dangerous as far as this man is concerned. You've been through the woods. You know they're not dangerous. There are dangerous things that reside there, but the woods themselves are not inherently dangerous. But small town thinking this man seems to have. Uh, but yeah, he tells you that several days ago that there was a wolf that skulked about and snuck up on his son and attempted to eat his son while his son was picking mushrooms. Luckily, he chased the beast off and he brought his son back to be safe. And luckily, he hasn't seen the wolf again or had anything. And he's had people looking. He and you know he's made sure, but luckily everything was okay. But his son just disappeared. Uh, well, when he went to find him yesterday morning, he didn't know where he was. So it would seem he disappeared during that night before. And this seems to line up with where, when uh, Frostwind told you the last time that he had seen Greymane. So, okay. this be a so I'm not going to confront Dad right now how, with his ignorance, because I don't think that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to keep like manipulating words like, I'll do everything to protect your son, whatever your son needs. I'll make sure your son is unhurt, not necessarily saying we're going to take the wolf away or anything like that. Uh, ask, just him thinking, where, and, ask him where the kid last was. 
Uh, yeah. So, w- where did you last see your son, and and where what where did this encounter actually happen when you uh, had to drive off the 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 animal that was nearby? Well, the actual the beast came up. It was on the western side of town. It was there's a small grove where we picked the morels, and we were out there. And the beast came about out of the the dark. It came up out of the brush, snuck up upon him. It was like I said, going to snatch him up before I chased it off. Um, and you know that off to the west was kind of the area where you came with Frostwind, so it's kind of like okay. back the area you guys were just in. Um, okay. You didn't notice a patch of mushrooms when you came in, but it could be, you know, there's areas it could be in. Okay. And I'll, just, I'll do some subtle, you know, manipulation here that, yeah, understanding, you know, animal behavior takes years and years of study. And it's entirely possible that what we see might not be what we thought we saw type of thing. But, but again, our concern is your son's welfare and we're going to do everything we can to see that they're okay. Um, and then basically say, well, you know, why don't you go home? work on these chores that you now have to do so low so that you don't get too far behind. And as soon as we have any word, we will uh, make our way to you. And I'll, you know, I don't know if I'm connected to a house or anything, but I'll make him a pledge on, you know, house ball drag that I will do everything I can as well as communicate whatever happens. Yeah, absolutely. If you could, please go ahead and make a communication persuasion roll. Again, 3d6, add them together. If there's doubles, you get stunting points. 10 it's only a 12 okay with two stunt points okay uh well 12 uh, 12 is enough 12 is was the target number for this specific thing to calm him down to get him to kind of leave uh so basically what you have with your stunting points is you can use those towards the uh, interaction uh there's a there's a bunch of different charts in the core rule book there's combat uh stunts there's magic yes there we go katie's got them flashing <laughs> around there um very cool. Lots of different options. I'm sure we will not explore all of them this evening just because there are so many. Um, but we'll hit all the main fun ones. But uh, I think with the 12, though, we don't really need to worry about anything out of the ordinary for now. It does take some time to kind of go through them all. But uh, he just gives you a nod. Yeah, somebody's speaking sense. Well, you know what? I appreciate your help in this. And uh, when you find that boy, you tell him that he needs to get home as soon as possible. I need the crops brought in on the eastern front of the property. He'll know. He'll know. And he just kind of walks away into the crowd towards a different section of the city would look like. Okay. And you turn your attention back to your companions. While this was all going on, Otelia, you make your way to the matronly woman. You see that she just watches after this gentleman just kind of just bewildered at his, his actions. My friend will be able to get him calmed down. What is what is going on? Is a child in danger? Yes. Uh, I apologize, traveler. Uh, there's no suspicion of any wrongdoings here. There's just a bit of a misconcern. I believe the boy has gone off to perhaps explore. He is young. All the boys in the town do this sort of thing. They wish to go out, explore, become men in their own way. And his father's just taking it heavy, I guess you could say. But uh, forgive me, I am Lenya Niren, and I am the headwoman of Red Briar. Our village is in the midst of these unhappy times, as you can see. But uh, how can I help you exactly? I, I wish to give you a better welcome than you just received. <laughs> I'm Ortelia Dolbrook, and we're just travelers traveling through, but... To hear that a child may be lost, if there's anything we can do to assist. There are places that the children tend to go um, that are popular with them. If there's 
you know of where the child last was, so we can maybe see if we can follow his trail? Of course, of course. Well, the uh, if we could real quick, um, let's have you or tell you just make a communication etiquette roll. Um, I mean, there isn't a, a negative, a penalty for if this roll doesn't succeed. I just want to see if you get a further bonus in the scene for approaching her this way. Ten. Okay. Ten even. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so for the rest of the scene, I'm going to give you a small bonus for your interactions with her because you've approached her. You're been a, a calm, nice presence here, so she welcomes <laughs> that. Um, she looks back to you and she says, well, his father says that he was, you know, out tending to the crops. He had come in and he did not find him in the morn. I dare to think that the boy went off in the night. You know, he has some friends in the village, but they don't seem to be anyone who has any sort of problems. They're just boys being boys, as these things go. His father did speak of a wolf that they had come across uh, several days before that, and it was an initial concern that perhaps the wolves returned, but we went looking and we found no sign. But, uh, well, I don't think anything negative has happened to the boy, but I think, and she looks towards the direction where you kind of glance back and see that your friend Malachi is wrapping up the conversation with this uh, annoyed gentleman who seems to be a little calmer now. She says, well, um, the boy does not have the best home life. His mother passed some seasons ago, and his father has a bit of an anger because of that. Um, I don't think he does not... I, I, well, let me rephrase. I know that he loves his son, as all parents do, but he is hard on him, and it, it is tough to see sometimes. But with that said, I do not think the boy ran away. I think perhaps he was just trying to get a little bit of some time to himself, if you understand what I mean. Do the boys have a particular place they'd like to congregate, a swimming hole, fishing location, a tree fort? Well, it's funny you should mention that. There is a bit of a small, I guess you could call it a fort, that the, some of the boys in a previous generation built. It's on the edge of the town, uh, just to the east of here, down, and she points uh, in the opposite direction that you all come in at. There's a small little uh, beaten path that goes off into a different section of the woods. It's about a quarter of a mile that direction. You're more than welcome to go and look there. I mean, we've looked as well, but if, if you believe that you may find something that we cannot, uh, I'd be more than happy to have any help that we can get. I think that'll be a fantastic place to start. Uh, after uh, my friend is done speaking with the father, uh, maybe we can get a quick meal. We've been traveling all day and then head out that way to look and see what we can discover. Perfect. During this time, uh, Chaya, what have you been up to? Chaya was attempting to be slightly circumspect and go find the 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 source of that uh, smokehouse smell. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Um, let's go ahead. Well, the smells are kind of coming from all over, but you have honed senses, being a badger, as it were. Um. Go ahead and make a perception smelling roll for me to see if you can pinpoint exactly where that might be coming from. 13. Okay. It's definitely coming from the northern side of the village here. And as you draw closer to that area, the smell does get more pronounced. And what you find is a single story building. It is made of logs. You can see that there is several different stone uh, smokers that are on the side and they are just mm -hmm. pluming out this rich smelling smoke. And you can tell that the meats are definitely being smoked in there. 
Is there anybody nearby? There is a gentleman, looks to be a human, who is standing nearby. He's tending to the flames. There is also a boy who's probably maybe 10 or 11, who is nearby, who looks like he's maybe grabbing up some firewood just off to the side, uh, probably about five or 10 feet away from the, the man. Kind of looking around, and I'll go up. I'll, I'll like, walk up to them okay. and uh, do the psychic equivalent of knocking. Okay. They both look up and look around and then notice you, and the the gentleman, Ah, oh, yes, hello there, friend. Uh, you look like you're a bit hungry. I might have something for you. And he turns, and he starts pulling out different things and whatnot. Um, he looks to his son. Look, boy, it is one of the riding. We are blessed this day. Uh, we have made a new friend. Look, and he, you know, basically motions for you, and the son comes up. He's very excited, very interested in what you're doing. And uh, are you going to find Marcus? The boy says as he approaches you. Well, Matt, yes, that is exactly why I am here. Not at all because of your in, the incredible smells that you are putting into the air uh, and the meats that look incredibly well made and delicious. Uh, when my companions arrive here, they are going to definitely want to purchase some of your wares. Um, and I would definitely that's exactly not why I was here. I was here talking about your friend Marcus. Uh, have you, do you know where he went? The boy looks. Or where he might hang out? The boy looks around as if maybe he wants to tell you something he's not supposed to tell you. Sir, good sir, could you wrap up two pounds of that meat? Uh, my friends will be along shortly. One of them's talking to the head woman. The other one is talking to some very angry person who I think is Marcus's, uh, ass, uh, father. Yes, of course. We have a two friend. And he turns and he starts getting those things ready for you. Private channel to the boy. All right, we're alone. Spill, kid. He looks at you and he leans in close. Are you an adventurer? Are you a hero? I have been called those things. I knew it, he says. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. As soon as you walked up with those other two, I knew the three of you were heroes. You're going back to the castle, aren't you? You know about the castle? Oh, know about the castle. It's too far for us to go there. Our parents won't let us leave. We can't go past the fort that we built just a little bit outside the village, but we know about the castle. We know the adventure there. I note which direction he pointed when he said the fort. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, and you think Marcus may have gone there? I don't know. He might have. He told me a secret. He told me not to tell anybody, especially his dad or the other grown-ups, but I can tell you. I'm of course, I'm not a grown-up. He said that there was a wolf that came here. It's one of the wolves like you. She's very smart, and she can talk to him in his mind. And she uh -huh. said that they have to go on an adventure together. That actually tracks. That's that's exactly what has happened. You're, you're, you're a very perceptive young man. He told me, I think, that they were going to run off to the castle... That seems ill-advised, but we can check up on them. Okay, yeah. He is correct, though. That 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 wolf was looking for him. Yeah, I, well, he, of course. Yeah, he knew that. Yeah, he's right. He's very smart. Yep. And you are very smart, too, because you're keeping these things on the quiet. And, and like, Chaya actually taps her snout. Yeah. On the DL, as the kids say. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, children. Uh, anyway. 
Oh, uh, relay to the other two. I think I have a line on the kid. Somebody come here and pay for all this meat. Wow, <laughs> there's you. All right. Because Chaya has like a couple like like slings on them, like 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 almost a bandolier with a couple things, like a small pouch, but she lacks really fine control to handle a lot of money and things like that. But there's some basic supplies that she does carry, but most of the supplies are carried by her people with hands. Ah, yeah. Thumbs are useful. That's true. Thumbs are useful. <laughs> so I think give you two, a hey. right. <laughs> he's got two thumbs and opposable thumbs. <laughs> this guy. That's right. <laughs> yep, as soon as I finish with the head woman, I go and take care of the, Wonderful smelling meat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Snacks. Yes. You all reconvene, and what you're actually surprised to discover when you were, you go up and you meet with Chaya is that the gentleman who is smoking these meats, he actually has wrapped up. It looks about two pounds or so of it, but he's also given a small little looks like a, a wicker plate type of situation, a little uh, serving that he hands one to each of the three of you. This is the least I can do for you three adventurers who are going to find the boy. I've got a good feeling about the three of you. A good feeling indeed. As well you should. We are uh, in, we are adventurers and intrepid at that. Yes. <laughs> and he gives you a punch on the shoulder, Mal. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I stumble sideways because I was not expecting that at all. So what is the little wicker plate? It's just a small little plate um, that has a like a serving, yeah, like a serving, yeah. It's like a, like a he's giving you guys a, he's giving you guys a, a dinner, I guess you could say. He's giving you guys oh. a free free meal, I guess you could say. We got we got to upgrade it to the platter. There you go. <laughs> sandwich, yeah, fries and a drink. Yeah, each one has some smoked meat on it, um, and uh, you know some like a bread of some sort, maybe some vegetables, oh. things of that nature. Okay, snack break. Then we go off to. Yeah, I would advise like eating as we go, but I'm not sure Chaya can do that. So we will we will set long enough for Chaya to eat, and then uh, I'll if I'm not done, I will carry it along. Chaya is already eating. <laughs> okay, so we'll take one. So we we can kind of reconvene, and it I'll, I will assume that we've all communicated to each other. So it seems like there are people in this village who are very aware of the rye bond, but Dad's not, or he's prejudiced against it. So I think we're gonna have to be cautious about that. Uh, so not only do you need to make sure the kid's okay, but reintroducing the new bonded pair back into the village is going to take some delicacy. It sounds like the dad's just a closed-minded idiot. Probably turned that way because of the death of the woman uh, that was his partner and has been taking it out on the kid. Uh, we should make sure the kid's going to be okay coming back here. Otherwise, Agreed. we could take him back to Aldous. Uh, you know, I, maybe they had maybe they would have a place at the college. Possibly. Certainly something to consider, but let's uh, let's find the pair first, and then we will worry about those details. Kid said that the castle is that way, on out past their fort. And uh, the head woman told me about the fort, so I think that's the best place to start. So not surprising, Dad's the least educated about what his kids are doing. Strange. I'm, right, I'm, I'm really not surprised. <laughs> Alrighty, so after a quick little rest where you all eat, and it is delicious, uh, very well uh, prepared food. He you... praises upon the smoker. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And uh, the three of you make your way off towards the uh, eastern trail that the uh, that the head woman had pointed out to you, and you make your way out there. You travel for about a quarter of a mile, and as you travel again through the serene forest, you eventually come to what looks like a small 
house, I guess you could say, but it has an open roof to it. It's kind of ramshackle looking. It looks a little bit older, maybe at least 40 years or so. It looks like something that children built to play in, a small little house. Um, but it's seen somewhere because it's been out in the woods, uh, you know, uncovered. But it's still sturdy. And as you approach, you can see that there is... Uh, on the one side of it, there looks to be a blanket of some sort, a quilt, I guess you could say, that is hanging over a semi-missing part of the wall. Um, apparently this passes for kids repairing it as it falls apart over time. What do you all want to do? I definitely want to search around and inside the fort to see if I can discover anything. Alrighty, let's have you go ahead. Let's make you do a perception uh we'll call this a searching role or seeing role through things or if you're just gonna stop and spot around for a moment and any of you can make this check if you'd like 16 with doubles oh, that's, and four that's, stunt points absolutely that's fantastic i love that so while otelia is doing this i'm i'm looking like i'm helping but i'm actually not <laughs> i'm actually doing some reinforcements to the fort because this reminds me a lot of something me and my sister Mira would have built as kids. Uh, so I will take a few moments and move things around, but I'm really just like helping to like refortify it so it's in better condition. Oh, great. I love that. I love that. Chaya actually is like casting around trying to catch scent of the kid, but there's so many different kid scents here that uh, they can't they can't make heads or tails out of it. I rolled a six. Yeah, yeah. You're not picking up anything. Yeah, like you said, there's just so many... They have a similar scent, but you can tell there's many of them. It seems like maybe a group of boys, children have come through here, so you can't pick out the exact scent. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any wolf scent in here either, so you're not sure what's going on with that. As you're looking around, Ortelia, you can see that just inside the fort, there is a small little, what looks like a bed almost, uh, a grouping of different... Uh, for lack of a better description, pillows, types of soft material that's off in the one corner. And you can see that in amongst it is a little bit of some hair, some fur, uh, that is like a, like a really light whitish type color. And also you see that there is a note that's in here, kind of uh, folded up uh, very neatly, and it's laying in the center of the area. And it has a name on the front. One you don't recognize, it says Timothy on it. Take a look at that. And when you open it, you find a short letter. It seems to be written by a child's hand uh, or an adult who's not very literate. And it says, Timothy, I've done it. My friend and I are going off on an adventure. We're going to the castle to have a grand adventure. I'll be back when I get back. You are my best friend, and I will see you again soon. Marcus. We have itinerary. <laughs> They're heading for the castle. Yeah, at least we know that's true. So... Anyone know anything about a castle nearby? Any of you can make a intelligence, historical lore, or military lore to perhaps have some insight as to a nearby castle. I'm going to pass on that because I asked the question and obviously I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think that's fair. <laughs> okay. So my roll was 14, but I got two sixes. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. I love that. So my total was 14. 14 with six stunt points. Okay. It's got me beat, so I'll just let Ortelia take this one. You know Ortelia, um, probably because of your uh, experience, we'll say, of years of going through around and 
adventuring a little bit longer than these other two, that in the time of the war from before, when the Kern Empire was sending scouts into this area to try to seek out and find new areas to try to claim and set up different encampments of this nature, that there was a fort that was structured about a day, maybe a day and a half's walk from here to the uh, southeast. You know that this specific fort, there was purportedly, it was where they sent a big battalion of theirs. And when they sent the battalion, for some reason, the battalion seemed to never have arrived. But before they went to investigate and look into it, the war came to an end. And so they just kind of left it and forgot about it. I relay this information to the other two. I kind of remember something similar. I rolled pretty well, but... (laughs) Didn't have as much clarity around it as you did. Well, and is there any stunting points you would like to use in this moment, Ortelia, for additional information or anything with your um, exploration stunts? Well, while she's thinking, you mentioned earlier that Chaya couldn't pick up wolf scent, but if we have wolf fur, could we like try that again? Like specifically yeah. here, sniff this. You, yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much badgers are like bloodhounds, but I feel like that should give us something. I think it's worth a roll for sure. Well, now that I know which direction the uh, castle is, I'm going to focus my attention on that area. I love it. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and make another roll for me. Again, this is a perception smelling roll. Uh, 14. Yeah, you do get a faint smell of wolf scent here. You get a faint trail uh, going off in the same direction you all are headed. So this this bodes well. I think I got him. It smells like wet dog. That's pretty much (laughs) wolf, right? (laughs) Sure, yeah. to see one that necessarily makes sense. Okay. Well, you don't necessarily have to. I was just making sure you used them if you wanted to, because you had six of them, so. Yeah. Well, it's, I definitely have a lot of, that's a lot of information in terms of like, knowing that the battalion was there and mm-hmm. left, and this is Kern, which is not the friendliest of places. I've noticed from playing Blue Rose in the past, the worst thing to get uh, per, uh, stunt points on is perception, because it's like, I mean, yeah. okay, that's great, but <laughs> yeah. See, what else do I? I I've seen it now. What else do I perceive? Well, then I'll put it. I'll put it this way, Ortelia. You know a little bit more about Kern than perhaps your companions do. I mean, everybody knows that Kern is a warlike nation that was actually ruled over by a being known as the Lich King, and he used his magical capabilities to create strange, dark presences and armies that were eventually put down by the forces of good. So that is good. But you know from maybe your travels that there are rumors that there is darkness in areas that might reach out towards adventurers from time to time. But luckily, uh, good triumphs over such things. So no one's really had any need to be worried about war or strife since the Lich King was defeated all those years ago. There's still the shadow, the other uh, shadow kings that are still trying to take over that space, though. So mm-hmm. hearing Kern makes makes me think there's the possibility of dark forces at work. And this kid with child with the beginnings of a rye bond is at a very vulnerable place. And getting close to something that could be that dark could be very dangerous for them in terms of corruption. Absolutely. Isn't there also an element to this rye bond, as Chai was saying, that they are formed in, like, need? So perhaps there is something that needs doing that they are off to do. So that doesn't kind of assume there is a danger or a potential of danger in, in front of them. And I hope that if that he's 
if he has adept potential, then there becomes the worry with that possible corruption. Perhaps we should uh, make haste. Yes. We'll walk a little faster. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll push myself on my bum leg. All right. So you take up the uh, the spear point of the walking formation for once, I'll say, Mal, as you begin to push your way through the forest. You will, I will quickly fall behind. Like I'll start <laughs> off ahead, like maybe 20 yards, and then it will very easily get surpassed. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. As you continue along, you – well, who would be taking the lead then? Probably Ortelia or maybe even um, Chaya? I'd, I'd say it, Chaya can – Chaya, because she's, she's got the scent. You're right. If yeah. they're able to keep tracking, they should be in front, I think. Because then I can actually go along a little at my pace and they have to walk my speed. So, And 100%. I'm not complaining. <laughs> right. Change. I'd rather have accuracy than speed. So as you continue along then, you notice that the wind in the trees starts to pick up a little bit. It starts to get a little bit louder. starts to get a little bit more forceful. It's almost as if the dark shadows that Ortelia mentioned in the ancient tale are kind of playing tricks on your mind for a moment. But as you continue along, trying to get your way towards this distant castle or outpost or whatever it might be, you are all suddenly surprised by the emergence of a large brown grizzly bear that comes out from some overgrowth up ahead. And much like a mirror to the nice, joyful, warm greeting where you met Frostwind, this bear stumbles out into the path that you're all forging through the wood. Instead, however, their intent looks very rather rude and sinister indeed. You can tell this bear is not very pleased to see the three of you approaching. As the bear sees you, she almost as quickly as she arrives, she rears up on her back legs and she throws out a mighty roar that breaks all the silence of the area. You could hear the bird song instantly cut off. And even there is sounds of birds that take flight to get out of the area. Al, what do we do? Al, what do we do? <laughs> is there anything really quick any of you would like to do before we perhaps encounter this bear in a little bit more hostile manner? So, again, I have the ability to calm animals, but I feel like we've already done that. So I think we'll just, let's just fight it. Let's fight it. All right. <laughs> what can go wrong, right? We're first level characters. We're fine. Yeah, we're good, right? <laughs> Actually, I'm using self-discipline to not give in to run away, run away, run away, because it's <laughs> right. a bad idea with a bear, even if it's terrifying. I'd rather face people, multiple people, than a bear. Uh, are you going to do anything uh, before we get started here, uh, uh, Chaya? Chaya will just growl back at it. Oh, yes. She loves that. <laughs> I'm 16 on my self-discipline. I am not going to run. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, you are gritting down. You're kind of squeezing your hand together. Your knuckles are white and you are not running. So as the bear rose, throws back and said, let's have everybody. Roll a dexterity initiative check, please, as it begins to snort and grunt and start running towards the three of you. Oh, boy. So that's a good roll. Just going down the order here, then Malachi, what did you get? 16 with five stunt points, if that matters. Doesn't really do anything on initiative, unfortunately. It's another thing that kind of just, they're there. It, it's fine. It helps kind of break ties, I guess you could say. Um, so 16 uh, and Chaya, what'd you get? 17. Ooh. Ortelia, did you get an 18 to make this interesting? No, I got a 12. Oh, 12? Yeah, that's okay. And Mama Bear here is going to go on a 14. Okay, so as the bear roars and begins to come charging in towards the three of you, 
Chaya, you are the first to react. You are one of the Raidens, so you have inherent speed and battle presence about yourself because you are used to defending yourself against large, big, scary creatures like this. So what would you like to do to start this off? Now, on your turn, you're going to have an action that is a major action and a minor action. And you, I'm sorry, two minor actions. And you can interchange, uh, like you can give up a minor action, uh, major action, do minor action, things of this nature. So for you at home, a, minor, a major action would be things like attacking, uh, our manifesting arcana or magic for laymen or other different abilities like this. And minor actions would be things like pulling out a weapon or stowing something or interacting somehow, uh, movement, things of this nature. So, Okay, how far away is he? I would say the bear is at this point, um, we'll say, uh, we'll make it typical. Uh, we'll say they are currently 30 feet away, just to make it simple. Okay, so my speed is eight. That'd be eight squares. We don't really have a battle map in front of us. So that'd be... We'll convert this a little bit because Fantasy Age and Blue Rose does use uh, yards and stuff, but we'll just make it simple. We'll do the five-foot movement. So eight squares would be basically 40 feet. I'm not going to be able to charge, but I will uh, move towards them. Mm -hmm. And then I will... This fits Chaya pretty much. I'm going to do an all-out attack. Oh, all right. So there is a hissing snarl, and Chaya leaps across the ground like legs churning and as she closes with the bear and the bear is kind of galumphing forward she is going to try and dive underneath and rake at its underbelly oh excellent excellent whoa okay that is one of the best rolls i've had all week uh okay it's monday that doesn't really count very much (laughs) you know what i'll take it (laughs) that is 17 that is a 20 with claw okay that nice with five stunt points. Oh boy, yeah. Ow. So that is definitely going to beat her defense of 11. Uh, you have to roll equal to or higher, just like in typical games. Um, so yeah, uh, your damage for your claw is going to be... Uh, it's 1d6 plus 3. I'm going to spend... There's so many great options on these stunting charts. It's really the bread and butter of the system. And it's it's, it's you, just, you just want to do them all. <laughs> but okay. What is nice for so folks I'm... at home real quick is you can use the points in a manner of say you have five you could do one five point stunt you could do one that's two one and and three so you can do multiple stunts uh there's some Mm -hmm. stunts that let you use multiple points to sink into a single thing to make it stronger we'll try to explain those as we play along so i'm since i have five stunt points i am going to spend two on pierce armor so his armor rating will be halved versus this attack and then i'm going to spend okay yeah i'm going to do this I'm going to spend two on knock prone because I went for a hamstring strike. I'm going to say I, I was going for the belly, but she was kind of coming up. So I, I shifted and went for the hang, hamstring trying to knock her prone. And then I will use uh, one point on skirmish to scurry away after the damage. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm kind of just cheesing her off eight points of damage. Eight. Okay. It's a nice, powerful strike as you slice in. Yeah. And you hamstring, you rake across. Uh, the back of her leg, and then there's a roar, kind of growl as she feels it. She does actually get knocked back off of her feet, and she stumbles back onto her back as you knock her prone, and you dodge out of the way with a skirmish, and you kind of move back and forth in a pouncing manner, just ready for more battle should it come. So uh, what the prone does is anybody who uh, makes a melee attack gets a plus one bonus to the attack roll. Until they get up, of course. Which Right. So, Artelia, your primary weapon is a bow, correct? 
I bow and I have hatchets and a sword also. Which are you planning on? Like, what do I see you going oh, for? Oh, the bow. As you're, the bow, okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not close, I'm, but I'm still at a reasonable range. So again, he's, I play Fantasy Age a couple times, but I'm not super familiar. I know that if I increase your dexterity, that will make it easier for you to hit the creature. Does it also increase your damage? Is that separate or can you even do that? Accuracy for the bow. Accuracy for bows, yep. yep. But, so will that increase both two hit and two damage possibilities? No, because the damage is, is based on a different score. The damage comes, uh, um, comes from the bow. Okay, so I don't have a lot of offensive capabilities, and I'm certainly not going to try to whack this thing with my stick. Uh, so I'm going to start by increasing your dexterity, just so that you're more prowess uh, at this. So I would I would increase accuracy. her accuracy. The accuracy. Okay. Yeah, the accuracy is better for yeah, because all of your attacks with the bow are going to be made with accuracy score rather than your dexterity score. Okay. On the enhancement description, it says you can. Div- it says divine. I think it means divide the bonus between strength and dexterity. So can I, I don't oh. know if I can oh, choose accuracy. It's a accuracy. bow. I'm trying to remember. Hold on. You might get the damage bonus from dexterity. Let me check. Sorry, I know I'm bringing this to a screeching halt. My apologies. No, you're fine. That's okay. You're fine. Yeah, the attack roll for a bow is going to be your accuracy, and then damage is going to basically be a die type based upon the weapon. Um, you do get a bonus if you have focuses on that, and also based on what it uses. So in this case, for example, being a bow... If you have a bonus to your accuracy, that's what gives you additional damage. Okay. Seems weird. That doesn't seem like that would work. So can I hold and then let Ortelia go first and then decide what I'm going to do based on what happens? Yeah, you can, you can hold. Yeah, you can basically delay and ready okay. basically is what it's called in the game. You can ready and kind of do something later. That's fine. Because I have almost no offensive capability. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So I will let Ortelia go first. Uh, well, before she goes, the bear is going to go. The bear is basically going to use their movement. They're going to get back up, back up to their feet, and come back at you. And actually, she's going to give it right back to you, Chaya, which I'm sure probably makes sense. Not very pleased with you raking at her. Okay, that is a 14 against your defense. All right. Uh, You actually get a plus one because I did all-out attack, so that is more than a hit. Yes. Okay. All right, then. So the, the damage, she's just doing a bite. Uh, the damage for the bite, no stunt points on that, is going to be 1d6 plus 7, Oof. which is going to be 9. She rolled pretty All low. Right. But these are first-level characters, y'all, so they're not swimming to hit points. I just finished looking up the bow thing. The strength would be great for anything other than the bow. Bows use perception for additional oh, damage. Oh, perception, that's what it is. Excuse me, yep. It's accuracy to hit, it's perception for the damage, yep. So I can give you a bonus to strength if you want to go with your hatches. If you want to use a bow, then I'll just do something else. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, Kevin, uh, armor subtracts from damage, correct? It does, yeah. If you have an armor rating, that number is taken away from the damage. So. Yep. Okay, yeah. So that, then the bear is back up on her feet. So with that, Ortelia, it is your turn. All right. So, and I am within six yards of the bear. Because yeah. that gives me additional damage with my bow. If I hit 11. 11 hits her defense exactly. All right. 11 points of damage. Ooh, nice. Roll to six. All right. It is a powerful shot. You hit her right in the flank and it spins her. She actually almost falls back down. She just growls and grits her teeth. You can see that she is uh, quite angry at that. If she wasn't angry enough already, she's loving that. <laughs> is that it for your turn then? 
Malachi, you are kind of readying your action. Did you want to release that now or just let the round kind of pass by? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do something stupid. Uh, so despite the fact this is a dumb idea, I am actually going to end up hitting the bear with my staff. Uh, having seen Chaya get sort of raked, I'm going to rush over and try to interpose myself between them to make sure Chaya's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to whack it in the head with my staff. Okay, all righty. That is going to be a fighting role because it is a staff. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. It's a staff. That's accuracy. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. So I rolled really well. That's a, a 20 total with six stunt points. So, yeah. So I'll just go with lethal blow. All right. And uh, do 3d6 damage instead of 1d6. So I really hit it in the head. Yes, lethal blow is a favored stunt by a lot of players. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. 10, 12, that's, that's 13 total. Oof. And then I still have one left, so I'm going to skirmish, and I'm going to move the target backwards two yards again, trying to push it away from China. Okay, two yards in the system would basically be one square. So basically what you do sure. is, yeah, you move forward, you take the staff, you bring it over, and you crack her right in the side of the face. She flings her head off to the side and staggers back out of the range of all of you, shaking her head, trying to get her bearings about herself. She looks up at all of you again. And I do the classic, get on, yeah, yeah. Get on, yeah. Get on, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my good, I love it. All right, back to the top. It's going to be Chaya. You guys are still in the middle of this. The bear is not relenting. It's your turn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just do a, uh, so as it uh, turns to get smacked in the snout with a stick, I'm going to, again, Go in and try and claw at it. All right. Well, I'm right there, right? So actually, hang on. I am going to do a minor action to kind of watch for an opening. And when it turns to like snap at Malachi, I'm going to uh, use my aim to get a plus one to attack. Absolutely. going to aim. Yep. That's always a great minor action to take if you're going to bide your time. Sure. I do not hit her defense. So she sees it coming and dodges out of the way. Yeah. All right. She does. Yeah, you stab through the empty air, and uh, it's going to be Malachi's turn, because now we're back into the regular round. You're back in your regular spot, I guess you could say. I am going to guard up as a minor action, and I'm going to do the plus two. So it's going to be plus two to my armor, but it uh, makes me essentially have a negative two on my attack. As I try to whack it with the staff again. Yeah, you're basically going to fight defensively and try to allocate a little more defensive abilities to yourself. Sure. That is a 10 total, and actually, actually it's an 8, because I got negative 2, so yeah, whiff. Yeah, this time you swing the staff, and yeah, she's ready for it. She brings up a paw, just swaps it away. And she is quite angry still, and so she's going to go ahead, and she's going to all-out attack against you, because um, you're right there, so sorry, yeah. Mr. Mr. Mage here. Okay, still no stunting points, unfortunately, but the total is still going to be a... Well, 13, but 17, which I, oh, I know is going to hit you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, when you said 13 for a second, I was like, ah, because with my plus two, it's currently 14, yes. but it's not 17. And for the damage, it is going to be 10. Okay. She bites down on your forearm. And there is a snapping, a popping, crunching sound as she latches on really tightly. And she actually pulls you a little bit let's have you make a strength um uh, might roll please to see if you can get out of her grasp otherwise she's going to pretty much grab a hold of you uh, it's going to be opposing 13, no wait hold on opposing um, to hers 13 
13, yep, 13 even. Okay, you beat her by one because she rolled really low. So, <laughs> But you managed to rip your arm free and it tears off some of your sleeve. And yeah, there is uh, a nice wound there. Not my sleeve. Oh, your outfit. Your <laughs> yes. outfit. <laughs> Thanks for listening oh, no. to the RPG Academy podcast. <laughs> we do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook. Or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.